Storytelling saves the world. Storytelling saves the world. Jessica and Georgia and all their friends. You never know how the story's gonna end. Storytelling saves the world. Storytelling saves the world. Welcome to another episode of Storytelling Saves the World, a podcast where you can find out more about integrating student movie making into your classroom. I'm one of your hosts, Jessica Pack, and once again, I'm here with my most fabulous storytelling partner in crime, Georgia Terlahi. Welcome, bienvenue. I feel like we need a musical theater opening. Um, I would agree with that. I pretty much, you know, have always enjoyed the concept of dinner theater, like pairing dinner and awesome performances. Yes, let's do it. Oh my God, that would totally work because I guess we're in the last act of our school year. So that totally makes sense. Speaking of the end of the year, Georgia, what movie making projects are you working on to wrap up the school year here? So having a whole bunch of fun with doing um, a project with third grade called the third grade survival guide, which could actually be for any grade, but third graders have a template and they're giving advice to the second graders of what to expect in third grade. Um, They have a section on their top three pro tips. um, What was their favorite memory? Those kinds of things. And so the third graders are having a lot of fun with that. And then I'm helping kindergarten we're making a video um, what my favorite thing about kindergarten was. So that's been kind of fun too. I bet that is absolutely precious to watch. <laughs> and super fun to film because our film, uh, so every kindergarten has a bathroom and that is our, where we film because it's the only closed space we have without extraneous noises. So I have a green screen in the bathroom and that's where we film. And yes, it's weird, but the kids are used to it now. So we just roll with it. I wonder what they say when they go home, where they're like, yeah, we got to go to the bathroom together all as a group today. (laughs) And make a movie. Green. (laughs) Yeah. So you'll know if the FBI comes and arrests me, you can be one of my witnesses. They're like, no, it's just a quiet place to record. Let this podcast be submitted as Exhibit A. (laughs) Thank you. It was only really a matter of time until it became part of a court proceeding. (laughs) And that's not awkward at all. (laughs) So what, what film projects are you working on for the end of the year? Well, we took a page out of your book because you mentioned third grade survival guides. So I was like, hey, sixth grade needs a survival guide too. And the kids are super charged up about that. I think that it really appeals to them, this idea that they're an expert now in something. So it's really nice to be able to, you know, look back on it and see growth. I think all of them are really excited about that. And then um, in one of my other classes, we're doing some cultural storytelling. So we took the I am poem, but formatted it in a way that is entirely about a student's family and culture. And so we're kind of diving into that. And it's been really, really fun so far to hear what kids are coming up with. And, you know, just the conversations at every table, like everybody's movie is going to be different. Everybody's family has different traditions and, you know, things that they eat and things that they say and objects that are important to them. And I think that that's really a cool way for kids to connect as they're transitioning to their next school year. 
And I, as a teacher, I'm sure it'll be super fun to watch those in class and just like learn a little more about student culture and what's important to their families. Well, and I'm thinking like for myself, like mentally going, okay, this is something we can shift into the beginning of the year space next year. So this is almost like a, a trial run for me. And then being able to hit that in August um, that, when that's, kids are back. And that's a pro teacher tip. Like try it out at the end of the year when your kids are like mature and then you can see how can I like tweak it for the, yeah. Cause that's a great beginning of the year. Help introduce your kids to class, help them know a little more about themselves. You get to know more about them. That's exciting. Yeah, no, I'm really excited to see where things end up. So, hey, we're heading to ISTE soon, too. We should probably remind viewers or listeners, I should say, if uh, you are heading to Philadelphia also, come to one of our sessions. And you can go on the ISTE website. You can put in Jessica or my name and our sessions will come up. We're doing three sessions and a playground and a forum. And we'll be in the Wii video booth a couple times doing some things. So um, we have lots of stuff going on. I'm excited. I'm excited too, because we're pairing all this with a little bit of like some VIP events, some live podcasting, trying to fit in a few sessions where we can be in the seat as a learner. And uh, overall, I'm really excited. The schedule's tight. I'm not going to lie. But um, it'll be a fun five days of uh, just learning and connecting. And the other fun thing at ITSTE, I mean, and we say it all the time, is just all the connections we make. I mean, we've met so many people virtually from all over the world with the podcasting that it'll be great to see people face to face. Oh, for sure. Well, listeners, in case you're new to the show, Georgia and I bring a range of experiences. I have been teaching middle school for the last 18 years, and my book, Movie Making in the Classroom, is published by ISTE Books. I'm also a California Teacher of the Year, an ISTE community leader, and an ISTE featured voice at this year's ISTE Live conference. And that's very exciting. I'm very excited for you for that. Um, and I have 34 years of classroom experience at the elementary level. Yes, I started teaching when an overhead projector was your friend and the light bulb inside of it was not. I am currently a TK5 instructional coach and I'm also an ITSTE community leader. We've both been using digital storytelling in our classroom for decades. I can say decades, right? Yes, yes, you can. <laughs> And also, I am always impressed by the old tech and references that you bring to the to the show, like in your background. That's I just amazing. keep the hits coming. I know. I, I know. I think maybe on our website, I need to do some archival pictures of all the things I've mentioned, especially for some of our newbie teachers. You know, what is a foam strip projector? What, you know, maybe they don't even know what an overhead projector is. So uh, maybe that could be a summer project of mine because it'd be cool for them to see some of these things, like what we had to deal with. And really the light bulb in the overhead projector, that was a thing, um, was, you know, of course the overhead projector was cheap, but the light bulb was like $400. Like it, it made no sense. That never made sense to me. No. I used an overhead projector the first two years I was teaching. And I remember the bulb going out and the librarian telling me, well, you're going to have to wait wait till the next budget term because we just can't afford a light bulb and I was like what kind of school am I teaching at <laughs> exactly it made it never made any sense at all but you know what it made us stronger it was like you know survivor or you know naked and afraid or whatever when it you know you just figured out how to do it our guest today is one of those kindred spirits in our survival teacher tribe 
One of the interesting things that came out of our movie making classes this year was how language teachers have harnessed the power of digital storytelling. Today, we are chatting with one of them about the engaging projects she has rolled out in her classroom. Yes, so please, let's welcome Margie Orantes. Would you give us the Netflix pitch version of how you came to movie making and the context of where you're working? Once upon a time, just kidding. Uh, <laughs> uh, you're speaking our language. <laughs> camera, lights, action. Um, so when I first started at the district, uh, I had the very first year, I think we had December uh, training where we were able to do movie making. And I just had a lot of fun with it. I didn't really think about the practical application of it. And I just kind of went with it. And that very first training, I kind of had the idea to maybe implement it in lieu of a test so that it could spruce it up a little bit. UDL wasn't even in my vocabulary yet, unfortunately. But um, it came up on my on my in my my brain really. And I thought, you know what? Why don't we why don't we switch it up? I think this would be really interesting for them to be able to look at language beyond just conjugating a verb or giving me a worksheet with the right verb on there because with their creativity is able to allow the students to truly um, just be able to change it, change the way that they're able to express their knowledge. And it was it was a it was a success that year, and I, I was impressed with the quality of stuff that they came up with. I made a video, and they and they saw it, and they just kind of went with it afterwards. So, how many years have you been in the classroom now? I've been in the classroom for six years. And this, you started this your first year. Is that what I heard you say? Or no, my first year was four years ago. Oh, okay, doing movie making. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but I. And unfortunately for me, I started in Palm Springs that COVID year when we shut uh, we shut down, and then the incoming year was basically distance, and then the third year, which was last year, I didn't really get to you know put that back, implement that back in because they were so shy and just didn't really want to talk and have forgotten how to socialize. It was it was very strange. And then this year, I was like, let's let's roll it back out. Well, I can tell you too, for the littles, like, you know, TK5 land that I live in, it was strange too. So I think it was across the board, like COVID just shifted yeah. how kids communicate and how they learn to be humans and all of it. So it's definitely been a weird transition. Yeah, definitely. And I just, I find that this is a, a much more holistic approach to grammar because grammar is boring unless you're me and you love grammar and you're just, you're all about that, that one exception to the rule and how the accent goes on this word. And it's just not everybody's me. And so I find that this really helps them to express their creativity, to, to kind of step out of their comfort zone for those of them that, that don't really like putting things together. And it also helps them to, to work with others in a very low demanding way. As a fellow secondary teacher, what you're saying really resonates with me because a lot of our secondary colleagues really get into teaching because they love their content so much and they want to like, 
you know, just spread it to all the children in the world and have everyone love it as much as they do. And so I really, I appreciate what you're saying about, you know, meeting kids with what they love, where they're at and using that as a vehicle for the content that, you know, some might love, but others might just, you know, endure. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's definitely a, it, you know, it's a roll of the dice sort of thing. But at the end, when I asked them for feedback, because I always do, I asked them, like, what was the project that you, or what was the assignment that you like? And it's always the one where we got to put the images and the videos, the movie making. And I'll take, I'll take it. It's good, good, good feedback for me. And, you know, I always tell them, you are who I work for. So if you enjoy the activity that I put forth, then I'm going to try to do things that are more similar to that. So can we talk about like some of the projects that you did this year? So like just, you know, in case other language teachers are listening and trying to get ideas, what what project did you start this year off with? This year I started um, with the project where the students choose any Spanish speaking country and they're able to uh, travel travel to this place and they're using the present progressive. And so for anybody who's, like, what is she, do you lost me? Present progressive is well, in English, the ING. I am walking, I am talking, I am running, I am ING. And so in Spanish, there's two endings. If it ends in AR, it ends in ANDO. So if hablar, estoy hablando. For ERIR, it would be YENDO. So if I'm talking about comer, estoy comiendo. Um, and then of course, there's the exception to the rule, which is irregular, but at any rate, the students are able to facilitate that grammar concept while they're telling me what they are doing currently in that country. And so they picked eight locations within either, and I gave them choices. Your choice number one is you can choose eight different locations within one country. Option number two, you can do eight different Spanish speaking countries and, and visit eight different locations or you can do one Spanish-speaking country and do just eight different touristic things there. And you're telling me what you're doing. And it, it went hand in hand with the vacation back vocabulary. So, for instance, yo estoy yendo a Barcelona, estoy comiendo unas patatas bravas. And so it gives them that culture that they need and it's authentic. And it's not just conjugating it for the, for the, the sake of conjugating the verb comer. And... At the end, we watched it together and it was really cool. I, I really like, and I hate using that word, but it was spectacular. How about that? It was spectacular. And I got, I got to see some of my kids really express their creativity through that. And I, I congratulated them and the look on their face when I said, wow, that was, that was fantastic. That was great editing and great everything just went well together like what thank you and they were shocked and so that was the project that I did uh in second semester and then this year I decided this uh for the final two units I did a choice board where they had basically like a tic-tac-toe board and they had nine choices the ninth option is a free space and their three objectives are to talk about clothing or fashion, to talk about present, to using present tense verbs. And their objective is to have a $3,500 uh, budget where they're spending their money on any item and they're keeping 
track of what they've bought and they're keeping their budget and they're financing their shopping spree, basically. I love the choice board idea because um, I know as you were saying earlier how, you know, in the beginning you weren't in to all the UDL sort of lingo and our district's been training in that. And it's great to see like within choices like that. And even in your first project with the countries and giving them different ways that they could show what they know um, is definitely very, very much part of UDL. So it's exciting. You've been able to kind of merge both things. Yeah, it's, it's been, it's been a lot of letting go of this is what I want to see. And I want to see 30 replicas of this car very same project and for the first time it's fine you know because they're getting used to it and they're they're doing it but uh once they're able to grasp the concept of editing putting it together then they can do what with whatever they'd like and um i i left it 100 artistic freedom to them however you want to present it however you want to do it however you want to present it as long as you fulfill these three objectives and it's kind of a shock to them because it's a little bit too much freedom and I know what they're feeling because I feel the same way. Like, oh, like maybe I should. And I'm like, nope, take a step back. Let them let them do it. Just always guide them and show them examples of what looks what I am looking for and what I'm not looking for. I was going to say, I really appreciate like you self-checking and being like, you know, my impulse here is to maybe take the reins back a little bit, but to yeah. just sort of persist and yes. giving that creative control over to kids. Cause I think that is the area that teachers tend to initially struggle with the most with movie making is being okay, like you said, with the many iterations that can emerge from a singular task. So Yeah, yeah. And also too, you know, I find them, Miss can I, is it okay? And I say, are you fulfilling my three objectives? Yes, then I don't care how you present. You do it however you like. And it's like, what <laughs> they don't know what it they don't know how to respond to that and it's it's fun to watch kind of but at the same time I know what they're feeling well I don't think there are a lot of other opportunities in a typical student's day where they're given that type of agency that's really exciting yeah and I I find I found this particular uh choice board this learning menu to be a little exciting because I address all nine or all eight um, intelligences of hard gardeners, multiple intelligences. And so I I created a whole template. If I, I could show it to you if you'd like, but I was able to see how some of my students, they designed some of their own outfits and they like drew them on like actual drawing, like canvas paper and like have drawn in and are labeling all of the parts of, and that goes with the vocabulary. And the, the coolest part is that they're the ones who are setting the price of that outfit. They're the designer. So they're telling us how much they think it'd be worth. Well, and I like, um, I, I love just all the different opportunities. Like Jessica was saying, you know, to do this creation, these are things they need to learn in the real world. You know, unless you're working in a factory on an assembly line, you know, most of the higher skilled jobs involve some creativity, collaboration, you know, helping each other out, figuring things out. And if they don't learn it from us, how will they learn it? You know, that's a skill that's like a muscle you have to develop. Yeah. Yeah. 
that's that's definitely it. And I find that this is what UDL is, is removing that barrier for the student, for that one student who is terrified to talk, go up to the front of the class and say, this is my project and this is what I've made. This is what I've designed. This is how much it's worth. I can do it, but I teach for a living. I could do it in front of an entire NPR and it would not bother me. But for some of these students, I realize that they are not me and I have to give them an equal opportunity to give me the information that I, I seek to, to know if they if they actually know what I'm teaching or not. And, and that is movie making for me is the opportunity for them to open a door that might as that may have been closed to them otherwise. And I know Jessica and I over the years have talked about how we've been so surprised by students that, you know, never spoke a whole lot in class and then create projects that are like, oh my gosh, I can't believe you did that. That right. like all of that was inside of you. Like, you know, that's that's what makes it all worth some of the drama of letting things go and and, and all of that, because you do want to give those kiddos the opportunity to express themselves. They have a lot going on inside of them. They just, like you said, they may be afraid to get up in front of people. That's actually a normal fear. Yeah. Especially for adolescents. I mean, they're not, they're not thinking like, I want to, I, I mean, they're not weird like me. Cause when I was a child, I'm like, I could teach this class. I could have the teacher sit down. I'll, I'll sit down. I'll teach this class. Like, give me, give me, put me in coach. Like I'm ready. But like I said, like I'm not teaching me. I'm teaching students that are used to seeing their phone for 20, 15 to 20 seconds and they're on to the next. And for me, I could sit down in, in front of a board and take notes for two hours. I mean, my mind, I like it, but I'll do it because it's what is asked of me. And I think that's the most important part of this entire industry of teaching is that we got to, it's ever changing and it's ever evolving. And we got to be able to understand that our audience doesn't have, perhaps doesn't have the same attention span that was once required of us. And this is a perfect way to let them express themselves with full autonomy, but still fulfill that same criterion that I need as their teacher, as, as a person who's going to decide whether they move on or not. Well, and even though UDL is our jam and uh, something that we've really been exploring this year with movie making, I feel like this whole concept is also culturally responsive teaching. It's also trauma-informed instruction. It's also honoring the lived experiences and the prior, you know, maybe baggage kids have with public speaking. If you've ever had one of those negative experiences within the academic setting, you're not super eager to repeat that. <laughs> so I feel yeah. like what you're doing is super like individualized per student. So that's and, amazing. And I wanted to go back to what you said, Margie, because I think it's super important for educators everywhere. We cannot teach necessarily the way we learn. Because like you said, Margie, like you go in a room, you take notes. And I think probably Jessica and I were similar. We would do whatever was asked of us, but that is not the whole population of people we work with. And sometimes I think we have to kind of check ourselves that, you know, oh, even though I might be able to listen for 25 minutes of what, 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 um, you know, most kids scrolling through TikTok, they're not going to be able to do that. And that really takes that, that beat, that stepping back, that reflection. And so I just want to like, just give props to you. Cause I think that's a huge thing to realize. Yeah. It's, it's been difficult, but in the end, it's worthwhile because I, I realize that my students are also fe are feeling like 
there, she's taking my voice into account and it's not just like I'm sitting here and I'm having to do this because I have to and like sometimes life is just that way you have to do things but if given the opportunity to expand your horizons and do things you know in a multitude of ways then do it and I think that I afford my students the foundational um, concepts of, of grammar and, and of all the things that we learn in language, but I, I want to take them a step further. I want to take them to a place where they can explore a world remote, remotely and put their thoughts together. And, and it will encourage them to seek beyond the Coachella Valley. There's nothing wrong with living here. I love living here. I live, I grew up here, but I went to Spain and I would have, I would have never dreamed of it, but I had a dad who was a teacher. And so he, like the sky's the limit and I think that with this movie making they're able to see these places and and often I hear them like whoa like I could go to this place it's not that expensive and I say yeah you can and you can go to this place and you can see these things and these are things are not are not just things that other people get to experience and you're just you just get to watch it in the movies you can go and do it that's really important messaging for the kids that we teach for sure, because for listeners who are not familiar with Southern California geography, um, the Coachella Valley is about 90 miles um, east. east of LA. And a lot of our kids don't really venture too far down the 10 freeway. So I, I like the idea that, you know, what you're providing kids is so much more than just whatever verbs they need to learn to conjugate it's like it's life stuff that's so great yeah that's that's ultimately the the goal of language is to be able to apply or at least in my in my through my lens language is what i teach but what i want to teach them is to be to have a multitude of tools to the toolbox to take with them when they leave rancho mirage high school so they can they can pull it out. Oh, I know how to do this. Yes, I have experience doing that. Yeah, I've seen that. I know how to do it. I've seen it here. And if they never use it, that's fine. At least they have it. And I think that this is a great way to get students to sharpen skills that they may not anywhere else. Well, and I, I think that's one of the reasons Jessica and I were so excited when you were in class, in our class, sharing this work. Because, I mean, for me, back in the dark ages, learning language, it was reading out of a book. There wasn't a lot of natural conversation. It was, you know, like, listen, conjugate, we're reading this movie. There was no, there was no like real life um, kind of connection and making a movie, doing a voiceover, having to do, you know, the conjugations and everything correctly. That is impactful because you get multiple practices at it. Because I'm sure if they do it, you know, incorrectly in the beginning and you look at stuff, you're like, no, you gotta go back and just like fix this and this. And that's such great practice. So much better than a paper pencil test. And also too, um, I took this this uh, little, little piece, uh, a note from Jessica's notebook, I guess, a page from her notebook. She said, I don't let my students go get past the movie making stage until they show me their passport. And so, since this year i started doing that i i made a i forget a storyboard the storyboard and that was our pasaporte and it was you know so fitting because we're talking about vacation you know what i mean you don't board the plane unless unless you have your passport and so um it allowed me to see what it was that they were going to do before they started their production it seems like a 
like a well okay you should know that but when when you're doing uh projects you kind of just is trial and error and that has been a game changer because I get to see where they're not understanding and I have them stand next to me and I'm I'm editing I am their editor and I say what's wrong with this verb it's in the AOS form right because you guys are going or it's in the nosotros form because you and your friends are going to go so would it be hablamos or would it be estamos hablando or están hablando and they'd be like oh it's estamos because it's in the nosotros form and I'm like there you go so they're like oh okay I get it now and so like I don't think they understand it. I think I they think I'm being a micromanager but while they're writing it down I can explain the error of what they've done and now because they're masters at present progressive everything has to be in present and I'm like no 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 that's not the only tenses but it's like 12 <laughs> tenses but yes I'm glad that you've mastered that one you also had some students create some projects of choice right where it yeah. wasn't part of a formal assignment do you want to talk about that a little bit yes so I had it's actually um it's a, it was an extension of an assignment that I had made. Um, it was a cartoon strip. And the cartoon strip was perhaps six um, storyboards long. But it was five that had like actual talking in there. And so what I did was I had them and I gave them a bank of vocabulary words that I thought that could go with that cartoon strip. They were not limited to those words. They could use whatever word they wanted, but that was just a good starting point. And so they defined the vocabulary and they went through the, I called it um, hablando en dos idiomas, talking in two languages. And so they were to make any story they wanted with the, that cartoon strip to, to tell me what they thought was going on. And so the extension of that was, now you create your own cartoon strip and put it in the present progressive and you know it has to be it has to kind of flow it has to be you know beginning end and so I had a student who actually produced uh it was five five scene long it was probably like a minute long and he talked about a, a dog and a cat and the dog and the cat are talking el perro y el gato están hablando and he he goes on to tell us that the dog is dying el perro but then at the very end he says but life is good anyway la vida es está, está buena like está maravillosa and so he's he's talking about how marvelous life is and I, I that's not verbatim but I thought that was a, a very very deep and I was like wow like this is the most meaningful five five strip project I've ever seen in my life and, and maybe it was because it's the only time I'd ever signed it, but I'd never seen anything like that. And it it made me just kind of just take a break. And I was like, wow, I would have never seen that otherwise if I hadn't assigned that. And so, they're, again, they're using those grammar concepts. They're using the creativity. They're using the video making. They're using it. They're putting it's all it's like all inclusive, like an all in one package. And I thought this is like SEL a mini SEL lesson right here. And armchair philosophy evolves further. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Out of the mouths of babes, right? Right. Right. And so I, I was just very impressed. And I haven't seen anything 
too crazy i saw another one where like there was they they took the same cartoons with the, the tiger and the boy and the tiger and the boy are, are arguing about republicans and democrats and how and i was like okay <laughs> like that's that's very interesting and, and again these kids are not native speakers uh, the ones who turned it in are not native speakers which i find to be kind of interesting because my native speakers they're like no nah, i don't want to do that that's it's too embarrassing I don't want I don't want to do that. And my non-native speakers are a little bit more inclined to 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 sound, you know, quote unquote dumb because they want they're willing to make those mistakes, but I'm willing to help them correct or tell them how to phonetically pronounce whatever they want to write about. That's really that's powerful stuff. That's why we were so excited when you were sharing all this in class because I think language teachers around the country, around the world could definitely um, use some of these tips to sort of make that the whole process more engaging and make kids want to do it. Like I would want to learn more if I was doing it authentically. Yeah, I think next year I'm, I'm going to try something brand new and we'll see how it goes. If it doesn't go well, I, I might rethink about doing it again. But instead of actually teaching lessons and grammar lessons where they're taking like two, three pages of notes, I'm going to chunk the information into one or two slides. And then I'm going to have them practice those two grammar concepts immediately by making a shorter video. And it could be a learning menu again where they're implementing the grammar concepts and th those with, you know, a, a, a meme, a a short video, it could be anything they'd want it to be. It could be a drawing and they're just labeling the parts. Because I feel the more that they're playing with it and it's kind of hard to like, with math, you can use manipulatives. With language, what can you do? You speak, that's it. You can, you know, play with the words and mix mix sentences up. But ultimately it's using the practice. Because I, I, tell, I tell my students, I'm learning French right now. I'm trying to learn a brand new language, but if I learn every single grammar rule there is to know about French, I could be the best grammar person out there. But if I don't speak it, it's worth nothing. If you go to Mexico and you say, oh, espérame, let me look through my cuaderno. They're going to be like, okay, the moment has passed. I, I moved on already. Like that was five minutes ago. You, you make an excellent point. Well, we um, will be excited to hear like how that goes at the beginning of the year. We'll touch base again to see, but it's like that repeated attempts at learning, right? That yeah. we talk about having those like mini chunks, you get to practice, maybe go do something else. And then some of what you've done is already embedded. So I think, um, I, I, I think things will go well. I, I'm excited. I'm excited. It's, it's very frightening. I'm not gonna lie. I feel like I'm driving a freight train and it's just going a thousand miles per hour and I'm just sitting in the passenger seat and I'm like everything's gonna be okay everything's gonna be fine I mean is there any other speed for a freight train let's <laughs> 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 be real <laughs> and and uh but you know like I'm I'm gonna make sure that that I I keep in mind that focus of of the speaking portion because this is the only time that I find that they're not afraid to make mistakes because they can edit and delete, edit, delete, edit, delete. But what they don't realize is that they're practicing it over and over and over and over. And, and so 
and I'm playing that trick on them. And it's your like, evil plan. Or who was, somebody was saying last time, our last podcast, they said it was, um, they were uh, a teacher ninja. Like the kids Stephanie. don't even, Stephanie was saying, yeah, she's a teacher ninja. Like the kids don't even realize that I'm, I have these evil plans and you, you as well are a teacher ninja. Yeah. I, I sometimes don't do it intentionally, but I'm like, I think I've heard them record that like five times now, but they're practicing that tense and I can hear it. I can hear it. And, and they feel very accomplished when, I mean, they're embarrassed of course, because they're, you know, saying thank you is horrible to them, but just seeing their final product of there. And, and I'm, I'm, it's like, we're watching a movie at the premiere night and I'm like, nobody talks. We're watching these movies. You're not doing anything else. And we're excited about this. Like, and everyone's like, that was really cool. I liked seeing my classmates product. And right now, like I haven't seen anybody's um, final project, but one of my students actually decided to do the um, interpersonal uh, option where they go to the store and it's like, they're in the place, like the scene is they're a famous vlogger and they're giving us the experience of a shopping spree in their eyes. And <laughs> and as I was like, you go with it. And so they're like, Ms. Orantes, you're going to love our video. Because we we went to the store and we recorded. And I'm like, okay, but you guys didn't actually go buy stuff, right? Like, I'm not actually giving you $3,500 to go buy anything. <laughs> and they're like, no, we know. Just have to make sure you're not coming in with receipts. Right, that's, like, that's awesome because that's their that's their land, you know, watching vloggers, all this kind of thing. And you speak their language. It's going to make them more engaged. And that's exciting. And I also love you're talking about the, sh you know, showing them in class because Jessica and I always talk about the um, impactfulness of having feedback and watching it as a group in a class. It it means so much in kids learning how to take feedback give and receive feedback and criticism. And I just, I can't say enough about that. So I'm glad you're seeing the power of that. Yeah. And also too, it, it allows them, if they've done an extraordinary job, it allows me to be like, that was that right there. That's what I'm looking for. Like that, that right there is going to get an A plus. Like hands down. I love that project. That was amazing. And I, I, I take this from my dad and it could be the best or maybe it could be a blessing or a curse at the same time but i compliment people sparingly and i i give them kudos when i see that they have earned it and when you hear that was a fantastic project for me that is like okay like i did it and i like to see that i like to see that they earned that that compliment versus me giving it to them and showering them and compliments when it it wasn't perhaps the best and I could say that was okay that was that was good I just needed to I need a lot less of this and more of this and and the reason why I'm willing to do that is because I give them a lot ample time to do it in class so that they can run it past me and I can give them my feedback like okay that's good but I, I need you to fix this because there's again you're not fulfilling this this objective I love that it's all in class stuff because it's like, oh, no, really, for sure. We shouldn't just send kids off into the void and hope they come back with perfection. Right, <laughs> right, right. And and I, I give them, you know, 
I give them ample time. Um, one of the other projects I just did, I forgot, and I just came back to me right now. So reflexives basically is what is done to yourself. Like I comb my hair and combing my hair. Um, in Spanish, me peino. I, I shower myself. Me ducho. I bathe myself. Me baño. And so what I had them do was I had them create their routine in seven simple sentences tell me what you do every day so what I had them do was I gave them a digital passport because I was not about printing this time and uh, I made a, a, a slide deck and on each slide they were going to write a simple sentence about their routine in the morning I made an example to show them and then I showed it to them and they were excited about it and I haven't seen them thus far but I saw a couple and I was like, that's pretty dope. I love that. That's awesome. <laughs> I love that. That's awesome. And so, you know, that that little and that was a mini lesson just because I didn't have a whole lot of time to dedicate to reflexives, but they still need to know them. And I wanted them. I mean, we, we use them all the time, like, hola, me llamo. I am named. Uh, hola, uh, me, me voy. You know, hasta luego, me voy. I'm leaving. I'm going to take myself now, like I'm leaving. And so... Uh, although it wasn't the yo form, it was yo, yo, yo. I was like, please, as your viewer of this video, I beg you, do not put all of your tenses. Do not give me a sentence in the yo form every single time. I beg you. <laughs> so I want to hear it once. And then the rest of the time, you can start with your sentence with me. Me baño, me ducho, me cepillo, etc., etc. And then like, okay, me sorantes. Well, I think we're kind of coming to the end of um, our discussion. I mean, we can go on and on because, I mean, you have such great projects and ideas. I, I love all of them. But we are now to the point we are going to do five and 60. So okay. we're, we're going to ask, ask you five rapid fire questions. And you're going to answer with the first thing that comes to your mind. Jessica has the timer. And let's just say we're always striving to get done in 60 seconds. Um, I think last time we, we were one second over, we've been way over in the past. But we're going to try <laughs> because we're always okay. trying to get better. All right. So tell me when you're ready, Jessica. I am ready. Let's go. Margie, what is your go-to drink or activity after a long day in the classroom? Milk tea. What is your language teacher pet peeve? Um, Ms. Orantes, do I have to do this in Spanish? Hey, that makes me laugh. Um, what is your favorite project this school year? The Reflexive Project. What it has been your biggest movie-making pitfall? Um, not having clear boundaries or expectations of of how much or how little things can have in a project. And our last question, something you're looking forward to this summer? Um, reading. <laughs> Yay! Did we do it? Are yeah, we, we did. 46 seconds. <gasps> that, look at us yeah. getting better as we go along. <laughs> that is awesome. All right, Margie, we've set a new goal now that we've been able to do it. All right, so our next fun thing we do is called Storymatic. And okay. I have three green cards in my hand and I'm not looking. I really, I promise I don't cheat. And I'm gonna pull the first card for you and it's either beginning, middle or end. And then okay. I'll, well, here, I'll read what our cards say while we okay. reflect on All it. Right. So we have a person who says yes to everything and a pet 
who is behaving strangely. Person who says yes to everything, a pet okay. who's behaving strangely. So Margie, your part of the story is the beginning. Jessica, your part of the story is the end. And I am the middle by default. So I know we're not math teachers, but we have 60 seconds, which means 20 seconds a person for our part of the story. Ooh. So you can just hand it off to me, Margie, when you're ready. So person who says yes to everything, a pet who's behaving strangely, anything else can be in the story. Those two things have to be in there somewhere. So whenever you're ready, Jessica will hit the timer when you start. Okay. Just give me like. Yeah. Oh yeah. You got to think time. Okay. So once upon a time, there was a teacher who woke up with an illness and it wasn't just an illness. It was saying yes to everything. And she thought, what am I going to do in my class today? If my teachers, if my students ask me, can I go to the restroom repeatedly? So her dog came up to her and said, hey, is it okay if I eat the, the cat today? And she's like, yes. And it was very strange that she didn't seem to notice that her dog was actually asking her a question out loud. Um, so she knew this was going to be a very odd day um, with her having to say yes to everything and also having her pet talk to her. So she decided that perhaps instead of going to work, she might want to actually head to someplace that could provide her some mental supports for this clearly strange day and these clearly strange happenings that might all just be inside her head. And so she headed off to uh, go out to her car to drive herself to someplace with a more supportive atmosphere. And her dog said, can I come too? And of course she said, yes. We I really had no idea where we were going with that. It was like a minute and 19 seconds. I was like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I like it that the dog got to come too. My dog wants to go everywhere with us. That just must be a dog thing. Yeah, well, a younger dog thing. My younger dogs want to always come. The older ones really just don't want to be bothered. <laughs> <laughs> Leave me alone. <laughs> Leave me alone. Just feed me. Feed me whatever you've got. Thanks for joining us here for another episode of Storytelling Saves the World. Our show notes can be found on our website, storytellingsavestheworld.com. And hey, if you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, or Spotify and give us a review. And if you have an idea for our podcast, please email us via the contact form on our website. We'd love to hear from you. Again, that's storytellingsavestheworld.com. Until next time, what's your story? 